Hey everyone, welcome to the Get Invested live show. Let me see if I can't uh, add in Ben here. Uh, once he logs on. Hey Mia. Okay, wave to you. That's pretty cool. What's up, Steve? How's it going? Michael Johnson. Let's see if uh, we're just waiting for Ben here. Um, get through uh, a little bit of an intro for you guys and then uh, on to the good stuff. Here, Ben, add you in here. Hope everyone uh, work from home station and quarantine crews doing okay. Um, had a wonderful Easter weekend. There's Ben. Hey, Ben. What's up, Brett? How you doing there? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, I was just saying, you know, hope everyone has a, a great week or had a great weekend. Um, there was a lot of religious holidays, obviously, um, around this time, whether that's being Easter or Ramadan or Passover, Good Friday. And uh, so it's just a you know, time to, to give thanks and uh, be thankful and appreciate you know, what we do have right now and those that are healthy um, and, you know, um, think about those that aren't as, um, as fortunate as some of us as well. Totally. We, we actually had our, our first family Zoom. I think I saw you. It looked like you guys did too. <laughs> we did uh, our entire family. I think there was about 30 of us on the Zoom, which uh, was a little hectic. But uh, that, was, that was how we celebrated Easter this year. Yeah, I was joking because me and my girlfriend, Elizabeth, we're always running from family party to family party. Um, since our parents live pretty close to each other and uh, we were doing the same thing just on Zoom. So we we're jumping from one Zoom party to the next. It was uh, not too out of the ordinary. Uh, too good. Um, so yeah, you guys can also um, share this with any friends, um, people that are in this room right now. Um, you can also basically just send it out to whoever um, you think could also benefit from this. Um, we're going to be going over a couple different things today. Um, whether that's you know the stimulus package, the current environment that we're in, um, kind of things that we're looking out for in the future and how we're planning. So um, do you want to get into some of the disclosures, Ben? Yeah, sounds good. So um, we may be talking about some individual companies, stocks, industries, anything like that. Um, obviously, we always recommend consulting with a professional, um, you know, like us or someone else, just if you have further questions, um, don't make any investment decisions just based on this video, just because anything we can say, do anything like that may change. So um, just don't act on, on your own. This It's not, uh, we need a little more information before give, giving you advice. So, um, so Brett, how's, how's the work from home been from you? Are you missing the office? Um, a little bit, uh, you know, it's uh, kind of, you know, you dress up, you go into the office, look good, feel good um, type of mentality. But honestly, I've actually enjoyed working from home, you know, dodging the LA traffic, um, we've been able to do all of my meetings over Zoom, so you know people don't have to meet face to face, which has been wonderful. Um, and you know, helping a lot of people, I've actually been, I would say, busier than normal because so many young people are excited about getting invested right now, and they, a lot of people, see this as a huge opportunity. Um, you know, it's probably this is the best opportunity a lot of them have seen so far, if not at least since '08. Totally. Um, and a lot of those young investors <laughs> were not investing in '08. Exactly. Uh, Still, still in middle school, you know, maybe, maybe with their first girlfriend, like you, you and Liz, right? That was about when you guys started dating, right? 2008, yeah. <laughs> 2008, there you go. Great time. Um, well, so yeah, so we'll just to, I know Brett kind of mentioned, but we'll, we'll talk a little on, on the environment going on, what the Fed's buying, a little bit more on the corona cases, and then the stimulus package. And, um, you know, even just some industries, companies we, we like, we find interesting. Um, and just, just a little touch on the cannabis space because, you know, you, you may as well touch a, touch on that now. 
Um, so, you know, first and foremost, social distancing is working. Uh, I, I think that's the first, first thing we can say is it's clearly working. And that's why last week we had the best week for the stock market uh, since 1975. Who would have guessed that during these times? But that was what happened last week. And, um, you know, I just had a talk with my client in San Francisco uh, just right before this. And she was mentioning how, you know, everyone talked about how they were ahead of the game, how they were early on it. And everyone started to follow. And um, just totally. the total number of cases are way, it's a way different story on the West Coast than it is on the East Coast. Yeah. And if you just pull that map up, you can draw a line right down the middle of America and you can just see like over half the cases basically are, are focused basically in New York and the surrounding states. Uh, maybe even a little more at this point. Uh, it's just them being on complete lockdown compared to us. I don't know if it's also just because of, you know, LA, for example, is much more spread out. We're not on top of each other like the apartments there are. Um, I don't know if maybe that helps as well or just um, you know, lack, the of way we... lack of public yeah, exactly. transportation we don't have as subways well. <laughs> and stuff too. So it's, it's interesting. And I think, you know, we're seeing this divergence a lot, not just, you know, in the cases, but in the economy as well. Um, you know, people that are having these essential jobs, the essential workers and people that aren't. Um, it's been really rough on people. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, sorry to all of you who are maybe taking pay cuts, maybe temporarily for load. Um, we we have a lot of clients that are going through the same thing. And, uh, you know, it seems like every two to three days, that's a that's a conversation we're having. And so it reiterates how important emergency fund is. I mean, I feel like just last year we had clients talking to us, Hey, I want to invest everything. I want to invest everything. And this is, this is why we, we hold up even during good times is because you, you never know when something may, uh, something may come up like a little coronavirus that affects the entire global economy. Yeah. Everyone wants to be aggressive when things are going good and everyone wants to be conservative when things are bad. And that's why it's so important to work with a professional is we're also here to you know keep things in line, keep things in check. Um, and make sure that, you know, we're, we're not being biased on, on whatever we're doing. Um, so Ben kind of jumping on into this, do you think that, um, you know, if there was 500,000 cases of the coronavirus and I would have told you this, that the market would only be down 13%. <laughs> no, I would, would not have told you that it would have been down from over 30 to only down 13 in just a couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I love reading the statistics going through all of this and I won't bore you with all of them, but you know, I think the worst, worst month in uh, 60 or 70 years this past March. And then um, this past week, uh, last week was the best week for the market. And it was only a four day week, didn't even need five yeah. days uh, since 1975. And so it reminds us that, you know, when we have these major pullbacks, um, we, we want to be taking advantage of them as long as we're long term investors. I mean, we, we don't think we're out of the woods yet at all whatsoever. Um, we fortunately have like a lot of support right now from both the Fed and the stimulus package. And um, the Fed right now, I mean, they're, <laughs> when you look at the financial crisis compared to now, I mean, in the financial crisis, you had all these conversations back and forth. Should we do this? Should we not do this? Should we do this? Should we not do this? And this time it was like, not, we're buying everything. Yeah. It was <laughs> That's coming out. A question. <laughs> not and, even a uh, question. <laughs> you want to expand a little bit on, you know, what the Fed's role actually in this is and, and what that means of them buying everything? Yeah. Like, so. So we saw, you know, people typically think of bonds as conservative investments and think of, hey, I, you know, I, I'm scared of stocks. I want to be safe. And so I buy bonds and bonds are simply loans to whether it's a government, whether it's a state, whether it's a city. Um, it's, you know, you loan them money and you're going to get paid back. And obviously, if you uh, go buy an airline bond or if you go buy a GM bond, 
you're going to get paid a little bit more interest because it's a little bit more risky versus if you lend money to the U.S. government, um, they're not going to pay you very much interest. In some countries, they're not paying you or, you know, some countries it's negative interest that they're paying you for loaning the money. And so what the Fed is doing right now, because we saw basically all this complete displacement of prices and bonds and people selling bonds and people worried that states like even California um, we're going to have issues paying these bonds because like some of these stadiums are being closed down. Um, and so the fed is buying municipal bonds. They're even borrowing or they're even buying, um, what are these called? What are called these fallen angel bonds, which are previously investment grade rated bonds. So companies that have been doing fine, like Moody's S and P have rated them fine, but because of all this, um, have they become junk bonds? And yeah, so a hiccup essentially. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, the market has priced in a pretty, uh, I mean, especially a few weeks ago, we've obviously seen a bit of a rebound, but the market had priced in a pretty worse, a pretty bad case scenario for Corona. And um, like the market starting to rally lately is, is just because of this Fed buying as well as, you know, signs of this Corona leveling off to some degree. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, rewinding two weeks, it was, it was doomsday scenario, right? We thought we were going to have hundreds of thousands of deaths in the U S it was kind of max fear, fear, max panic. It was sell everything, liquidate everything we want out. Um, yeah. so, you know, the story's changed pretty, totally. pretty significantly since then. Totally. And then, uh, Brett, I'll let you touch upon it, but on top of what the fed's doing and some of this good news, we also had this massive stimulus package come out and there's over 300 pages in there. And, um, you know, the partners have dug through so much of it and we'll only touch on a few things, but, um, why don't you, why don't you talk, talk us through some of that stimulus package, Brett? Yeah. So if you guys haven't already, make sure to go view that material. Feel free to DM me or Ben, if you need a link to it, um, there's one for individuals and one for businesses. It kind of lays everything out. Um, but a lot of people still don't know this. A lot of people do, but you're getting, um, if you made under $75,000, um, the last time you filed your taxes, you're getting a $1,200 check. Um, so like, for example, if you filed your taxes in 2019, you made 60 grand, you hooked up your direct deposit, all that stuff around April 17th, you should get a $1,200 check, um, just straight into your, um, account, which is going to stimulate the economy. Hopefully that's the hopes of it. Um, and while it's only a short term burst, um, it's going to help a lot of people out, whether that's with rent money or, or groceries or whatever it is. Now, this also phases you out up to about $99,000 if you're single. Um, so how that math works is like, let's say if you make over the 75, which is the start of the phase out period, let's say you make 80. So what you do is you take that extra five grand over the 75 and you times it by 5%. So that 250 bucks, you now deduct it from your $1,200 check. And you get that amount in your in, in your account instead of the full twelve hundred. Um, then you also um, any child under sixteen, I believe, you get an extra five hundred bucks as well. Um, so this is you know a huge help, and it's a, just a direct payment to you. On top of you know if you did lose your job, um, whether that's uh, whatever it is because of the coronavirus, you're getting in California, for example, anywhere from fifty to four hundred dollars a week. Um, so that's pretty decent money as well. And not only just from California, you're getting that benefit, you're getting an added federal benefit of another $600 a so week. Make, yeah. So make sure you're filing yeah. that immediately because obviously there's a huge backlog as we have 10% unemployment over that most likely now it's changing day to day, but make sure you're going through that process right away um, because that's money that you should be able to get. 
Yeah, you, if not, you should do it today um, because it does take a couple of weeks at least to kick in. And um, I've had clients that have helped through this process. Um, they The website crashes. There's a ton of people trying to get this. This is obviously not something that um, the government prepared for. And as, as much as we love the government, the, the websites that they build is not the greatest. We love the government. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Some Just people. kidding. Um, uh, I'll, I'll add one thing a lot of people don't know also as individuals say you're one of the lucky ones okay you're one of the lucky ones that gets to keep their job and you know for whatever reason the coronavirus has not affected your income um you are able to donate 300 dollars to whatever cause you want and you actually get a deduction um previously people that did not itemize their deductions did not get a deduction for donating and so i really encourage um, all of you who are looking for a cause to support, just make sure you get a receipt for it. Just so when you file your taxes next year, you, you get a deduction. I mean, that can save you a hundred plus bucks for, um, you know, giving, giving money back. You may as well do it. Yeah. And that gives a good point. Like if you don't need this $1,200 for essentials, right? Reds, groceries, whatever it is. Um, what, what should you do with it? Um, you know, there's, Obviously, everything is, is specific to your situation. So if you want to know a, a, an exact answer for you, you, feel free to reach out to us. But generally, the first step is you're going to want to make sure that you have an emergency fund. Um, and what constitutes an emergency fund? It's about three to six months of your fixed expenses. So fixed expenses being rents, car payments, anything that you have to pay every single month, student loans. Um, so once you got that out of the way, those three to six months, then, you know, you have, might have the opportunity to invest some of it, uh, maybe spend half, um, or invest half. Um, but again, that's all going to depend on your situation. And that first step really is just to make sure that you have that emergency fund. Yeah, definitely. And especially right now during this environment, um, <laughs> career short, better than drawdown, Josh Brown. I love Josh Brown. <laughs> nice. That is, that is a great compliment. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, look. Um, the emergency fund, now is the time you want to think about having a bit more of an emergency fund because, you know, I have friends, clients who work at these companies that, you know, assume job was stable. Um, and really right now, um, those jobs that those jobs are not guaranteed at all whatsoever. And so definitely hold a bit more of an emergency fund, but yeah, if you have the ability to invest, you know, you generally want to be a buyer when things go down. And so, um, I don't know about you, Brett, you know, we have a lot of young clients and people are asking, how can I take advantage? Right. Totally. Uh, and you know, what, what can I, what can I do? Because I have the emergency fund because I was, I kind of well prepared for, for a situation like this. Yeah. So, um, it's, again, it depends on the situation, but, um, once you have, you know, that emergency fund saved up, if you want to invest in DCA is a huge concept. Remember, it's all about time in the market, not trying to time the market. And this is a perfect environment, literally perfect to DCA. So, you know, we're being a little bit optimistic here. I would even say that, you know, the market has bounced off the lows, but we're definitely not out of the woods by no any stretch of the imagination. So we can totally go back down to where we were a couple of weeks ago. Um, it wouldn't be and fun. Um, that kind of seems to be the general consensus, right? And that, that typically happens, right? When you, when you go through bear markets, people talk about, hey, the market goes up in an escalator and it falls in an elevator. And yeah, we saw that, this being the fastest pullback we, we've basically ever seen. And you know, it's, it, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen over the next few months, but most likely we've seen this rally. We saw a little bit of a pullback today, not in the NASDAQ, but in the S&P and Dow. Um, but yeah, like just be ready for volatility to continue because we, we still don't have a lot of clarity on the Corona 
uh, virus as far as like when things will be able to get reopened because, you know, certain state, the government set, the federal government set certain, certain dates, the state government has set certain dates and um, they can definitely change. Right. And the, it's, it's a challenging game to play because we obviously want to keep everyone healthy, but we want to make sure that people can, you know, work, people can provide for their families and all that stuff. Yeah. And so the kind of concept is to not jump in all at once. Right. So if you have, let's say 10 grand or even 25, 50, hundred grand, whatever the number is, it still works out the same where you want to put, you know, maybe 10, 20% of it to work um, at first. Um, and then, you know, wait a little bit, maybe wait a month or set a predetermined time frame that you're going to invest this money in. Maybe it's the next six months um, while we kind of work through all these issues in America and, you know, invest 2000 today. And that's 2000 in a month from now, another 2000 in a couple months and pick up shares that way. And what you're going to do is naturally as the market fluctuates, as prices are more expensive, you buy a lot less. And as prices are cheaper, you buy a lot more. And in the end, what you're going to do is build a nice asset base of whatever investment you're trying to buy. And what, what's nice is if it's coming from cash, you actually win no matter what. Because on one side, if the market continues to go down, you're excited because you're like, heck yeah, didn't, didn't put all that money in. And now I'm getting <laughs> to buy more shares at lower prices. And if the market rallies, right, you still got to acquire shares, you still made money. And I think people way too often make that make uh like, a snap judgment yeah and feel like oh i need to invest all of it right at this point right and it's like the reality is like you're not going to time the bottom you're not going to call the absolute bottom and it's usually when it feels like it's the worst time it can be the best time to invest and so rather than trying to pick that exact day like you just said brett like two weeks two weeks two weeks i mean even there's like some stats that talk about bear markets and it's like yeah if you timed timed it and bought on the bottom day of the bear market, you made 35% in a year. But if you were two weeks early or two weeks late, one year later, you still made over 20%. Obviously that is not guaranteed. And obviously there's a lot of volatility and this time may be different, but it's just important to note you don't want, you don't need to time the exact day. Like just being able to get some money to work when the market's cheaper is, is a good opportunity. Yeah. And it also depends on when you're going to need that money, right? If you're going to need that money in six months, you probably shouldn't invest it in the stock market. 100%. The stock market is very risky and very volatile, as we a lot of people just learned. Um, <laughs> and there's other investments that are out there, right? You can buy bonds or you can buy fixed income, which is the other side of the equation to stocks is fixed income. And a lot of people, you know, don't understand that there's capital structures of businesses. So like what happens then, like if a business actually goes bankrupt or a business, you know, if things start going bankrupt? Yeah, well, yeah, let's assume the government does not bail them out. <laughs> we'll, yes. just, we'll make that assumption for all intents and purposes, which is a, a which challenging, is a assumption, a, challenging assumption to make these days. But when you, you know, when you buy a stock, you you are owning shares in the company and if the company loses, you know, company goes out of business, you basically lose your investment um, because who gets paid ahead of time are the bondholders, right? And so those are seen, it's senior debt. Basically, like when you loan money to a company, you may have a loan against some of their assets. You may just have just a general loan against the company, but you are going to get paid back before the stockholders. And so that's why in general, you see when the market gets whacked, bonds tend to do okay. Obviously this environment's been a little bit different, but there is that flight to safety because they are more secured obligations. And you know, it's kind of interesting. I, you know, people also, I, I think you said it right. I think people kind of understand stocks more and understand bonds less. And 
having significant less volatility in your portfolio helps a lot. And use this example a lot with people is, you know, let's say you had a 50% or let's say you had a hundred percent stocks and you went through a financial crisis where, you know, at one point the market was down 50%, right? You took a thousand dollars, you turned that thousand dollars into $500. You had to make a hundred percent rate of return just to get back to even. Obviously, ideally your dollar cost averaging, like you said earlier, and you're buying down there, but let's say you didn't have the ability to now, if you have the bond side of your portfolio and let's say it's half and half and you know, a thousand is down 25%, you know, you're down to 750. You only have to get a 33% rate of return just to get back to even. So like avoiding those major, you know, downturns when the market gets whacked and not being too aggressive can make a huge difference. And uh, you know, you especially saw that in like the late nineties, early when the dot-com bubble burst, all these companies, you know, they didn't go down 50%. They went down 80, 90%. And yeah. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> you need a pretty damn big rate of return just to, just to get back, get, get back to even on that. Yeah. Um, and those 60, 40 portfolios is kind of the new norm. Right. And there's a lot of research that's even shown that like a 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio, that's pretty much had the same returns of the S and P right over what it was a 20 year period. Past, past so 20, the BlackRock study. Yeah. Yeah. BlackRock did a study and basically a 60, 40 portfolio, even with some international that's uh, severely underperformed has actually done uh, a little bit better than the S and P 500. Yeah, I mean, again, it, the big part is it's avoiding those major downturns. It, it makes a huge difference. And so um, going into this, like what, you know, what interests you, Brett, looking, looking to the future right now. So the reality we have is right now, but what are, what are we starting to think about like one year, two year, three years out? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a divergence of these kind of digital economy stocks and like Amazon, for example, which is basically just running our lives at this point and delivering all the goods and services we need versus like travel stocks or something that's getting hit extremely hard or retail because people aren't going to actually be going into stores and buying things anymore. And so we're truly seeing kind of this divergence of the digital economy, in my opinion, and there's a lot that's popping up. Um, you know, one thing to see, uh, I'm getting a ton of questions on, you know, do we buy these airline stocks or do we buy these hotels or do we buy these retail companies? Because they're so, so beat up. Um, there's exactly cheap right and everyone thinks they're cheap because they see that the stock price has fallen well first of all stock price the number that you see on the screen actually has very little to do with the actual value of the company so that's the first thing yeah um and people have this or there's companies have these things called value traps where it may look cheap. Well, it's cheap for a reason. And the reason is that they're hurt really bad or they're going to be hurting for a while. And so the key to investing in companies, especially when you're looking for a good value is avoiding these value traps of companies that aren't going to actually recover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Ben. Well, no, I was, I was going to say, and, and looking at those companies that have kind of multiple sides of their business is nice. Right. So, I think you take a company like Disney, which I know. Oh, yeah, there you go. A little Mickey hat. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, you, take a, you, you think about parks with Disney, right? And, and obviously, it's been a really challenging time for parks for Disney. But on the other side, you look at Disney Plus, it has over 50 million subscribers now, right? Yeah, and they're not. Yeah, and they're not trying to be profitable on that for two more years from now. But, you know, you know, Disney stock has gotten whacked and, and there's obviously still a lot of issues with ESPN and all of that. But if you can look for businesses that maybe get a little bit more beaten up and they still have like the digital side of their business that should do well, 
Um, yeah. you know, Thank those, God they pivoted to streaming. I mean, it's what it's perfect incredible. timing. <laughs> I know. I mean, and to give some perspective, they were trying to get to 90 million subscribers in five years. And so you can see that this like perfect example of this virus just catapulting their uh, direct to consumer or their Disney Plus and Hulu brands just to the moon got 50 million within six months of the launch. So now everyone's kind of revising their numbers upwards. And so, yes, well, Disney's cash cow, the parks um, are just, you know, hit hard. They just, you know, furloughed another 40,000 employers. You have Bob Iger that's coming back to try to save the sinking ship. Um, but they have this growth story. They have something that to look forward to, even if things don't get better. So, you know, Disney, for example, I don't think would be a value trap. Yeah, no, per- perfect example. And um, obviously, I feel like everyone is asking about Zoom and, and Slack and all these like big digital companies. And um, I, I think the biggest advice we can say is be careful. Um, there's been so many times uh, in history when there's been this huge trend towards these companies. And although one company is so dominant uh, in its current state, like other co- competitors come out. And so like these, these stocks can be super, super risky. Uh, and I would definitely uh, look out for those. Um, they, they may be, yeah. they may be intriguing, but. I mean, Zoom is a perfect example. I mean, it's, it's the valuation soared. It's really the only game in town for video conferencing. Everyone and their moms wanted to buy the stock. Um, but it's very expensive now. And it, and honestly, you know, someone can just come in and make another Zoom. Like, it's honestly not even that safe. The CEO has been just reamed for the last two weeks, right? Totally. And Microsoft has taken huge advantage, right? So Microsoft is in the Wall Street Journal this morning releasing some of their users. I think there's been like 2 billion minutes on Microsoft Teams video. Wow. And it's, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't want to go against Microsoft, right? Uh, Satya Nadella knows exactly what he's doing and I I just I would not want to be going against them and so you know although those companies we like you know there's so many times where there may be companies we like but um, just got to keep in mind about valuation and it it can be uh, it can be a little little bit hairy yeah Um, and that's uh, the point of investing companies that you think can weather a storm like this and have a diversified base like Microsoft or Disney or these bigger companies that you know that are going to survive or even get filled out. <laughs> Perfect. So <laughs> I, I think why don't we talk about like things that we can do right now, right? Like, you know, what are some conversations we're having with our clients that, um, you know, maybe are still working, right? So we, we kind of touched in the beginning more of, you know, what to do um, if you were laid off. Um, but, you know, what, what are you telling people, Brett, right now? Yeah. Um, one thing we didn't mention, too, is that we mentioned on our podcast last time was student loans um, and kind of, you know, the, the difference of having a private student loan and a public student loan right now um, made a huge difference in your life. So if you have a federal student loan right now, they're all in deferment and they're not charging you interest and they're not charging you payments. So you can most of them did it automatically, but you can reach out to your federal loan provider um, and basically say, hey. I don't want to pay and they can't do anything and they're not going to actually roll that interest on top of you. I think until September is when it's delayed to for now. Yeah. Um, September 30th um, versus private loans like Sally Mae, for example, if you have a loan through there, you cannot get that benefit um, along with all the income based repayments and things like that. So, you know, if you're considering refinancing one of your student loans to a lower rate and taking advantage of these, that low interest rate environment that we're currently in right now, you have to be aware that this, that's a risk that is out there that you're not getting those federal benefits. benefits. Exactly. Whether it's income based repayment, this deferment in a global pandemic, whatever it is, you have to be okay with getting that, giving that benefit away. 
And, you know, what we talked about last time is maybe you don't go one way or the other um, for the full amount. Maybe you don't refinance the whole thing. Maybe you refinance half. And so you're kind of hedging yourself that way. Yeah. And then, yeah. So let's say you got that taken care of, like how, you know, how do you get started? I mean, it's a great time to dollar cost average, right? It's we don't think necessarily the the bottom is here. We think volatility is due and it's a great time to put put money in monthly as long as you can work and you can save. And um, even if it's a little bit, right, even if it's a hundred bucks, even if it's a couple hundred bucks, like obviously you got to have your emergency fund. But um, there's just a lot of companies that are a lot cheaper that uh, have become super attractive through all of this. Um, and then along with that, like a, a secret thing that you may not be thinking about is increasing your 401k contributions. Yeah, I mean, totally. every person that I'm talking to is spending less money. I mean, I don't know anyone right now um, that is spending more money. And um, so if you can kind of pretend like you don't have it and you put some to your 401k, uh, you don't even see that money come to your bank account. It's like you don't have it. Um, it's definitely a great yeah. thing to take advantage of. It's not the time to be overzealous either, right? You know, we had this kind of environment, the Wall Street bets environment before this all started where, you know, people are buying these crazy options on Robinhood and just kind of risking all this money one way or the other. This yeah. is not really the environment that you want to be doing that. In. Heck now. Heck um, now. You, you want to be buying companies that you can hold for a long time. Um, that are solid. You don't want speculative investments, um, especially because there's a lot of things actually in the options market that you know a lot of people don't understand. Um, it's really hard to make money right now. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's end it with one one question that we don't know we're going to ask each other. Um, you don't know what I'm going to ask you. So, oh God. Uh, is is work from home going to change the workplace forever? Uh, yes or no? Why? Why not? It has to. I think um, at this point we've cut a lot of fat. Um, in the economy as far as like, you know, people understanding, well, maybe we don't have to go into the office or maybe these employees aren't needed all the time or maybe there's an easier way um, to do this without having to commute. Um, like I'm, from example, for me, this commute just from, you know, Playa over to Santa Monica, it, it takes me you know anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes when we're going to work. So each way that saves me, you know, an hour and a half of my day. Yeah, um, you get up I'm a little bit earlier. If you get up a little earlier, you avoid the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, definitely. I, I agree. And I mean, the area that worries me is um, when you talk about re commercial retail leases, right? You have all these companies that have all these employees that have been coming into the office. It's like, do we need this big of an office anymore? Yeah. Right? I mean, we've seen WeWork, right? I think I saw, I, I definitely didn't verify the stat, but I saw somewhere, I think on Twitter that WeWork bonds are yielding 35% right now. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so that, that basically means you think the company's going under and yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough business to be in right now. That's for sure. Jesus. I got one for you. So um, what about cannabis companies? Um, it's an interesting time. So apparently they are essential businesses, even though our <laughs> barber shops are not essential businesses, which I argue with. But, you know, what about cannabis, Ben? Good investments, bad investments? What are you looking at? You need to have a multi-year time horizon. I think it's hard to call which company is successful. But, I mean, it just cracks me up. Like, it was illegal <laughs> just a few years ago, and now it's an essential <laughs> business. And so, I mean, a lot of these cannabis companies are killing it. Some of them are saddled with, with debt. So, you got to make sure you're looking at the balance sheet, and uh, you can't just blindly buy these companies. And so, um, some, yeah. some are in better shape than others. Um, a lot of them have been whacked over the past couple years. And so... Um, I definitely think that that's, that's a potential area to look. Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, a perfect example of what's great 
for a consumer is not always a great investment. Um, like MedMen yeah. brand, for example, it's been just completely destroyed, even though they were kind of like the darling and kind of the face of the industry, really. Um, it's just, it was poorly ran and, you know, they've done some restructuring and maybe they get back on track, but who knows? Um, there's yeah. definitely um, ways to play it though, without even risking on individual companies. You know, you can buy an ETF, for example, where if you don't want to pick any individual company, you can buy a, a diversified basket of all of them and just, you know, take Which will advantage. still be volatile. <laughs> It'll still be volatile just because of the nature of the industry. But, yes, but you yeah, know, yeah. as legalization continues, which I, I think they will, um, you know, to the federal level, then you're going to see the industry continue to grow. Yeah. Awesome. Well, with that, um, if any questions come up, I don't know if we saw any major ones come up this round, but uh, definitely if you have any questions for either Brett or I, you can always email us. It's Brett at Gerber Kawasaki or myself, Ben at Gerber Kawasaki. Um, definitely follow Gerber Kawasaki on Instagram because we're doing these live streams more and more. Um, you can follow us on Spotify. We do have a, a few podcasts there as well. We tend, we're planning on doing that more. And so uh, if you have any questions for us, like we're here to help. Um, this yeah. is why we love our job is because, you know, every day our clients and friends and family are asking questions and, and we're here to do our best to digest the, the info and share it with you. Yeah, we're here to be a resource for you guys. So, you know, feel free to, to give us feedback, what you want to hear, what you guys want to learn about, questions, DM, email, whatever works. Um, and hopefully we will see you guys soon. Sounds great. Stay Cheers, safe guys. out there.